This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. It's Life Beats here on Pulse 95, and I'm so excited to have with us here in the studio Maggie Lee, illustrator and art director. She is based in London. She specializes in bold graphic illustration with a focus on visual storytelling, as well as art directing popular children's publication, Akido Magazine. She writes and illustrates her own children's books. Her popular detective series, Bug Detective, The Amazing Human Body Detectives, and The Amazing Diamond dinosaur detectives have been published in more than eight countries and she's also a passionate printmaker and enjoys screen printing in her spare time. Magalie, welcome to the Life Beat Studio. Thank you very much for having me. So great to have you with us. You are of course here as part of the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival Um, and uh, you know having a look at your work, I love it. I love it. It's just, it, it is bold, it is graphic. There is something you know, it's it's not just fun, but it, there's something kind of very sophisticated about it, which I love as well. Well, that's very nice to hear. <laughs> Talk to me about your style. How did you develop this? You're an artist, an art director. Um, it's such a hard thing, actually, because I think style comes from somewhere within. It's hard to define or even make up a style of working. I think having studied illustration, spent a lot of time um, kind of honing that, but not trying too hard to come up with a style either. Um, It can feel forced sometimes when you try to imitate or emulate people that you admire, but who do you admire? I mean, how do you get drawn into art? I mean, for me, I love mid-century so like 1950s graphic design that's exactly what it it kind of echoes yes and that's the hard thing you don't want to be derivative and produce work that looks like it's from an era and that you're just kind of copying that um you want to make work that's original and speaks for you and feels modern as well um so balancing the sort of inspirations but also um, bringing something new and and unique that that sort of takes time i think so yeah, I think it's taken me probably a good part of 10 years to come up with a, a style that, I mean, even today I don't feel um, 100% comfortable with, but it's constantly changing. It's a sort of evolution of being an artist, I think. Yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. How did you get into um, illustrating children's books then? So kind of accidentally, I, I don't think I set out to um, illustrate children's books to begin with. So. I studied illustration at university um, and this was after realising that you could actually draw for a living. Um, I was very into art um, as a kid but didn't know what sort of profession that would lead me to. So studying illustration, we learned about all sorts of illustration within um, sort of graphic design, children's books, branding, packaging, all that sort of of stuff. and uh, I wasn't really set on doing one thing over another. So I wanted to kind of be a bit kind of jack of all trades and do as many things as I could. Um, and actually doing children's books was slightly accidental. And I, I met a publisher who was interested in, in some of my work and just said, I think it's great for children's books. So do you want to come up with some ideas? And so that's kind of, kind of how it, that started. Um, and then I started working for a children's uh, magazine. And through that, this kind of world of um, 
sort of illustration um, learning through art with kids um, fact fact based visual learning for children became something quite important um, to me so it sort of developed from that point onwards I'm loving the detective series mm. tell me about how you came up with this <laughs> so that's actually yeah that, that was when I met this publisher and they said we love your work but let's come up with some ideas for actual titles um, and something that kids love is is creepy crawlies and actually as adults we sort of get all grossed out by you know disgusting little critters in the house but um are you grossed out by it or do you love it i'm actually not and i'm less grossed out now that i've done that book i think before that i was sort of apathetic towards (laughs) insects sort of like oh i don't really want to have to deal with getting rid of spiders but i wasn't too fussed but actually researching into it you know you discover so many amazing things about bees and why they're essential to biodiversity you learn so much when you have to research for children because one you have to be correct and accurate um, and two you've got to make the content interesting so coming up with ideas for those books it was such a balance of yeah trying to find a, a great kind of theme to go around but also making that content interesting enough for the kids to to learn from um so so bugs was was really fun actually i yeah. sort of approached that at the beginning as a kind of I'm not sure how I'm going to work with this idea. And then in the end, it was actually really good fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it just looks so brilliant. And you can easily get lost in these books and where they take you. And, you know, in terms of, um, yes, getting lost in the world of bugs. But it's it's kind of delving deep. Talk to us about, about the process, you know, of writing a book like this. Well, when it's nonfiction and fact based, it really comes down to the sort of researching the facts so um and not being an expert myself like for all of the books bugs bodies and dinosaurs um i felt like i was kind of being a bit of an imposter actually because i I had to do all this research but i had to get it fact checked by actual specialists which is also fun um but the important thing is yeah for non-fiction to really get that information first um to define what is interesting about those given subjects and how we're going to use illustration to to sort of embellish those facts and make it um, accessible. So with yeah, with those detective series, it, it was um, breaking it down into themes. So the bugs was great. It was literally choose the bugs that are interesting, like bees, butterflies, worms. Uh, why are they interesting? And then pretty much distill it down to twelve facts. And then from that point, you have a kind of structure for each page. Um, the illustration will then cover those 12 facts and, and make it interesting. So that's a kind of the process that you took uh, and, and the, the illustrations came from that Yeah, because you're writing nonfiction, you know, in this case. But you're also making it incredibly fun. Did you kind of test these books out on kids before they went out? What was that like? Actually, no, which is really? very strange because a lot of the time with books, you don't <laughs> get the chance. I, I don't have children. I don't, um, well... At that time as well, I didn't really know many children. Um, uh, a lot of my friends hadn't had kids yet. And so it's odd. You don't really get to try it out, which is strange. And even, even you know, within the publishers and stuff, um, yeah, you often don't really test these things, um, which maybe sounds actually <laughs> like an error. But, um, but because I work for this children's magazine, I sort of get a lot of interaction with kids. So we do a lot of workshops. Um, you kind of see the way kids learn and their interaction with information and and also children are you know they vary a lot so 
some children are um, incredibly interested by non-fiction and some um, prefer a more narrative picture book type um, book. So it, it kind of depends on, on the individuals. But with my books, I, I think the content itself I knew would work because I've seen kids interact with, you know, the idea of insects and dinosaurs. I mean, most children love dinosaurs, um, but it's just, yeah, it's just adapting that and, and developing it to make it sort of accessible. This is so funny. I mean, even um, in your Human Body series, you've got like this... <laughs> This page, the waste factory oh, yes. section. <laughs> it is like so gross, but it's so fun. It's and my favorite page. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, you know. And you, you literally, you just, you go for it. You illustrate everything that happens. Um, I, I won't elaborate. You're like, you're gonna have to get the book to see. Uh, but you know, that must have been a lot of fun creating that. It was, and I think we, I discussed this with the publisher, and I said, I, I really want to do a page that's really gross. Yeah, um, because. <laughs> Children don't care about that. But they know. love it. Exactly. The grosser, they the better. They love it. And it's sort of something we cringe at as adults because we find it a bit embarrassing. But if you talk about going to the toilet with children, it's you know it's incredibly hilarious and um, they don't have any shame. And we shouldn't really have shame. And a lot of it is also about you know, not being ashamed of your bodies and learning about your bodies in a, a very kind of like scientific but also natural way. So, you know you know going to the toilet is part of that process and being healthy as well yes, you've exactly. got to be able to talk about these things yeah. you know and and this gives kind of a, a great platform to be able to discuss stuff yes. that would <laughs> otherwise be incredibly awkward no, exactly to bring up yeah so if you can talk about you know what your poo looks like <laughs> <laughs> it helps so moving on from there <laughs> coming up next uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the influences on Maggie Lee's illustration her work Works, uh, and uh, what she has been up to at the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival. More to come on Life Beats after this. Pulse 95. 95. 95. Every day. Pulse 95. It's a Sharjah story. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. You're back with me, Sally Musa, on Life Beats. And uh, with me in the studio is author and illustrator Maggie Lee. Uh, she's got an amazing bunch of books. Uh, the Detective series, uh, Maggie, that we've just been uh, talking about just now. Um, your illustrations are different to uh, in, in this particular series of books for kids, different to the ones that you kind of do um, for editorial or for your own personal work or printmaking, which is um, so talk to us about how you kind of decide on what kind of style you're going to go with for, say, your editorial work and for the kids' books. Mm, um, I guess there's not so much separation in the way that I work as I think there's a commonality in, in that, but I think um, depending on the kind of brief. So it, it really will depend on if I'm doing something for a brand or a magazine um, and what kind of audience um, I try to keep a sort of visual language that is um, that is me essentially, mm. um, but adapting it so that it it will work for different purpose. Um, it's hard because as a visual artist, you do want to create your own identity, but you are always providing a service as well to to a client. Um, when it comes to kids, you know they're very they're a very sort of tough audience to please and you've got to make sure that your work speaks to them. So changing 
my illustration style a bit for them is is definitely making it more kind of bold, sim more simplistic, um, and uh, you know slightly less detail, like very much a sort of graphic kind of visual language. And then things for sort of editorial and um, personal work, I can kind of be a bit more uh, subtle and a bit more free because you know you can kind of create nuance and and layers of meaning. Um, when it comes to kind of more tricky topics. Uh, but I like doing both, really. So it's nice to be able to play around with your work in that way. And, and it helps me learn a lot more, actually, about being um, an illustrator. Your favorite uh, kind of works that you've produced so far, I'm just looking at uh, the illustration that you did for Suitcase Magazine mm. um, for the article uh, entitled The Best Trip, which looked into the concept of traveling within one's mind. It's a beautiful illustration. It's a, a profile uh, overhead. And, in you know, you can see in the mind somebody's traveling. There are stars. There's a sunset going on. There's a palm tree. Like, but it's abstract, but it's and it's contemporary and it's beautiful. And it says so much in a very simple illustration. So talk to me about mm -hmm. how, how you work these ideas through. Well, I'll be briefed um, with the article itself and then um, there'll be an art director that will brief me on the sort of visual language mm. that they want um, of course you know if you get a good art director they'll want you to work in your style and they'll give you a lot of freedom as well to sort of interpret it how you want um, and that was what happened with this one it was very much a free kind of they, I knew they wanted something a bit psychedelic and a bit dreamy but other than that it was very sort of open to whatever I wanted to do um, and so I'll start by reading the article and just doing sketches, um, seeing what sort of springs to mind. And then I'll show those to the art director and get approval for a sort of final concept. Mm. Um, so it's a bit, you know, it's a bit of a collaborative thing, and, but it's also, it is nice to get feedback on your work. And it's, because um, sometimes, you know, you can sort of get stuck in your own head about what you want to do and the ideas can be a bit mad. Um, so yeah, no, with with editorial work, it's quite nice because you always have this sort of written material. You've got this article and then it's about doing that justice with an image. Um, and I like that pairing. You've got such beautiful um, uh, printed work as well. I'm just loving the screen prints that you do. Um, there's just, you know, obviously because with screen printing, it's layering mm. of colors, you know, whether it's on paper, whether it's on fabric, um, you know, there's um, a very a beautiful, bold and graphic quality to them. Um, tell us about, you know, what inspires you to produce works like this? Mm, I think screen printing came about because I, I actually mostly work digitally. So at home, I've got this sort of um, cave of a home studio. where <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, it's terrible. Um, Love I can, it. you know, avoid seeing people most days, which is really bad, I think, for <laughs> my for my own kind of social health. But um, I work mostly on the computer. So I directly draw onto a, on a graphics tablet. So my work you know, it's very digital, which makes it easily editable. And I, and I do, I've sort of streamlined that process, but um, I don't get to work um, in a sort of hands-on original way where, you know, you really get to feel the ink and the paper. So screen printing was something I did when I was at university and I just wanted to get back into it. Um, so in the past few years, I joined a screen printing studio and it just reconnected me with actually making things by hand um, and allowing for kind of, 
you know, silly mistakes and getting colours wrong and overprinting and all this sort of accidental stuff that brings you... Um, closer to your art it's it's more interesting when something goes wrong and it's real and physical rather than on the computer which you can just you know click and undo so um, right exactly that's a great point that you know you have to kind of confront the so-called quote-unquote mistake Mm. but actually it leads you into something else completely different and exciting that's it yeah no and I love that process of trying to uh, adapt my work into different um, sort of results so making digital work that's printed into a book but then also creating screen prints that are limited edition and selling them off as as works of art so yeah there's I like that sort of different strands of of work and how you can discover new things um about how you work through yeah through different results. I love it. I love it. Coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking about your session at the Sharjah Children's Reading Festival. Why are illustrations an important part of children's books? And we're going to talk about uh, your literary inspirations. More to come next. This is Pulse 95. The heart of Sharjah. With a story to tell. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We are in conversation with Maggie Lee. She is an illustrator, an artist, and uh, somebody who is a children's book author and, and published in eight countries with her detective series. Uh, Maggie, you're here as part of the Sharjah uh, Children's Reading Festival. Um, your session is, in fact, all about why illustrations are an important part of children's books. Why? I mean, this kind of seems quite obvious but why are they an important part of children's books you're right it seems obvious but then I actually had to think about it <laughs> I was yeah. like oh what is uh, what is illustration um you, when you work in it it's almost sort of like you're blinded by by what you're doing but um it is essential and working with kids you see how much they respond to visual imagery as opposed to words and of course you know children learn to read and write but not not till they're about five um, but they recognize images from, I don't know, from one. You know, that I, I have friends that have children that can point out animals, um, names of, you know, vehicles and stuff. And they're less than two. And the, the ability to recognize those things starts from such a young age that, of course, it makes sense to pair illustration and, and words as that is this first kind of trigger for children to learn things. Um, a book would be incredibly boring for young kids if it was just words. Yeah. Um, kids love colour, they love movement, you know, shapes. It's it's such a sort of building block to learning. Um, and of course, they're also learning how to pick up pens and pencils and, and make art for themselves. Mm. So I think it's essential and it's inspiring to see how kids um, uh, are creative innately. Um, and illustration serves that and helps them learn. But, you know, kids don't have any inhibitions when it comes to drawing themselves as well. Exactly. And in terms of illustration, illustration um, really symbolizes possibility, I think, because it's so open to interpretation. You know, there's a reason why uh, there is that saying that a picture is worth a thousand words because it could mean completely different things to different people and it, it can lead them on completely different you know different thought processes yeah and ideas yeah 
No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you can um, have s simple sentences that can be illustrated in so many different ways and the different responses to that are what's interesting. Mm. Um, the way that children also interpret, you know, text and the way they might draw it is fascinating. If you get kids in a room and you tell them to draw a picture of their family, you'll get so many different responses and different representations of what people look like, you know, and it's that that's what's kind of really fascinating about um, people's kind of visual interpretation of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I want to ask you about your um, authors that inspire you, illustrators, artists mm. that inspire you as well. Oh, I mean, there's so many because I love fine art and I also love children's books, um, vintage kids' books, actually. I love. Ooh, um, nice. And uh, love uh, Richard Scarry, who, who I think for me, he's, he's sort of one of those really old-timer classic illustrators who um, also did a bit of sort of, which I like, is non-fiction and fiction blended together. Um, I love a traditional picture book, Um like the very hungry caterpillar is obviously like a, an all-time favorite um but richard scary he manages to kind of have incredible amounts of detail with loads of sort of funny humorous scenarios um and also just lots and lots of informative kind of uh, fun facts and for me i think when i was young i i really got stuck into factual but fact with really fun illustration mm. Um, I was sort of one of those bookworms that really like to learn stuff about, you know, like getting very in-depth, maybe too in-depth <laughs> into the knowledge <laughs> of certain things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Richard Scarry and he's someone that I kind of would love to emulate as well. But, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And in terms of, um, you know, we've been talking a lot at this particular festival about representation and diversity in publishing and in particularly children's books and making sure that children, no matter where they come from, they get to see themselves in books. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think it's I think it's very important. And I think that we are moving towards a better sort of level of representation of um uh, diversity, multi-diversity in picture books. I think growing up when I was little, and I, I grew up in, in the UK, um, and I'm not um, English. I mean, I, I come, my parents came from China. So um, uh, growing up, and this is not something you quite realise until you're much older, is that you don't read a lot of books with kids that are not white, essentially. Um, I remember starting school and um, being given a book that was specifically about a Chinese child starting school and um, it was this sort of cliched book about chopsticks and I remember it being strange that I was given that because I was born in the UK you know and I felt like is that because I'm different or because um, I would have trouble acclimatizing I mean it I don't know retrospectively it was quite strange um, and I think that nowadays it is better we have better representation but we're still not quite there you know most picture books do um, show uh, white children um, and there was a, a very sort of gendered representation of boys who like machines and dinosaurs and fighting and being brave and girls that liked unicorns and ponies and you know kind of playing with dolls and that as well isn't right I think that children are um, incredibly diverse and varied in their likes and dislikes and we kind of give them 
um, steers towards like, oh, you know, girls should be playing with dolls and boys should be sort of fighting. And, and it's, I think those traditional gender roles as well, um, I'd like to see less of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think within the UK that those, we're sort of pushing against a lot of that. And um, yeah, and also just, yeah, having a lot more diversity, I think. Um, me and my peers are very conscious of that. So when you are working on, on picture books, um, it's sort of unconscious to sort of... But also being from London, you 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 represent the society that you see. And luckily, London is incredibly diverse. And, you know, I take it for granted that pretty much, um, yeah, going to school and being out in the street, you know, it's, it's, an in, it's a very, very um, diverse city. So yeah. I draw what I see. And I think that's important. And we need to get over those kind of, like you said, the stereotypes of the the yeah. kid with the chopsticks and and whatever. That um, the experience, your experience is, and, and everyone's experience is so much um, more complex and nuanced than that. And yes. you know, if we are, if we give our kids the tools to both write and illustrate their own stories, mm. then we'll be ending up with, with much better stories that no, represent exactly. who we are. No, absolutely. I think that um, we also need to get away from sort of like this token character. You know, there's often like a token ethnic yes. character in a book, like a sidekick. or The one Asian person yes. or the one Muslim person. Yeah, and yeah. it's sort of redundant because you're still highlighting them as different. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you need heroines and heroes that are of different cultures without it being remarkable that they are of a different culture. It just so happens that that is the case. So that's really important. And that's something I think we're kind of driving towards. And especially in the UK, I think there's a and and most of Europe too, I think you know there is a, a big drive um, towards kind of better representation. But yeah, you don't want just categories where um, these are books for Muslim kids or these are books for the Black African community. You know, it's, yes. you don't want them to be separated because children respond. You want them to be mainstream. It, it needs to be normalised that actually, you know especially in the UK, we have a huge proportion of immigrants and um, non-white people. So, you know, we want to be able to accurately represent that too. Who are actually now part of Britain and yeah, an exactly. essential to the, the fabric yeah. of what the com- country is. Exactly. Um, uh, one of my favourite illustrations is of somebody who looks like Serena Williams. Mm. Am I right there? Yes. Yes. Tell I'm me about that. Her. Well, I'm, I'm a mega Serena fan, like mega. Um, <laughs> She's in the black cat suit yes. that she famously, infamously wore uh, in defiance of uh, rules at Wimbledon, I think it was, right? It was in um, Roland Garros. Oh, in it Paris. was in France, yes. And I think they made a very sort of uh, snooty comment about um, her um, sort of disobeying the rules about what you can wear or not. And it, it was just a bit of a silly thing. And I think that she, she just represents that kind of defiance of she is such a um, a trailblazer for the sport for women for women in sport everything and so um, I sort of love that she she just kind of doesn't care about those rules and she's like well I will wear it and you know you can say what you like that um, was an amazing moment yeah. exactly we were all cheering for her going you just wear it yeah you exactly. just do your thing I love it <laughs> you, you just be you know that the superhero that you are Serena Williams yes. amazing um, gosh we could talk for hours your work is amazing and <laughs> beautiful and we're so excited that you're here in Sharjah for the Children's Reading Festival. What are you working on next? 
I'm hopefully actually working on some uh, new fiction. So I've mostly mm-hmm. written non-fiction, so I'm trying to sort of, yeah, dip my toe into fiction for kids. So we'll see what happens there. We're excited. We'll, hopefully we'll talk to you when that comes out as well. I'd love to come back. <laughs> Maggie <laughs> yeah. Lee, what an absolute pleasure it is to have you here on Life Beats. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.